This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Prue, who's down in the holodeck. He's taking his annual department test to determine if he should still be a blue shirt. Uh, Daniel, how is that test going? You've been in there for like three hours. Yeah, you know, I, I, I try to tell them I don't need to do this test. I've been a blue shirt the entire time I've been in the service. And frankly, I don't know why we have to do this, but you know what it is? I'm sure you've seen um, the film Shawshank Redemption. It's just that you just have to go into this meeting every single time. And unless you tell them what they want to hear, you're just going to be wasting your time, frankly. I haven't seen the film, but I have seen the hollow novel of it. So it's, it's really, it's really good. Yeah. And I'm also joined by Philip Gilfus, who's sitting at the con in a gray jumpsuit, uh, just shunning the color palette well, actually, wait. On wait, what are those things on your shoulder, Philip? Are you are you just trying to say you're part of all three branches with those stripes? I mean, what's with that? Did you design your own uniform? Navigational points. Navig. Oh, hi, Darren. Sorry, Ops isn't the only one who gets to have their own song. Um, yeah, you know, I just really like um being in second place here with my silver com badge. Um, I'm hoping one day to make first place gold. But, you know, I'm training, and, and I think, you know, being kind of the rainbow officer here, um, I, I try to bring a little shine and color to everyone's day. Um, and, you know, I, I just try to put past my cheer along, you know, go to thrusters, go to warp. You know, it's just five buttons. It's not that hard. Well, you know, yeah, five buttons, but I mean, you know, we, we try to make it look at least like you're doing something. That's why we put 20 buttons on the console, even though most of those don't do anything. So many buttons. Yeah, but like the warp button is about the size of my hand. I just, you know, smack it and we go to warp. So it's pretty cool. Well, that is cool. You know, I mean, you have to have your enter button, you know, the largest button on the panel, because otherwise, you know... you. You could just make mistakes, but and I have been getting complaints that all my um, uh, courses directions are in all caps. So, do you know how to turn that off? Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have enough room for a caps lock uncheck button on that panel. So, I'm sorry. Uh, you're gonna have to bring that up with uh, the operations head. Does that mean so. like if the entire time on the main view screen at the very bottom of the screen, there's little text that says "caps lock is on"? Just so you know, for the whole time. Actually, one of the you know those blinky lights at the bottom. One of them is just always on because that means caps lock is on, and it just can never be turned off. It drives Picard crazy, but he just he keeps it deep, deep down. It's not gonna break him. <laughs> he says. He says there is one light. And it's the caps lock light. Well, I think uh, this wins for the longest intro before actually stating the purpose of this episode. But 
If you haven't uh, gathered it, we're going to be doing an interesting thought experiment today. Uh, no, I'm not making my cohorts choose seven terrible episodes of Next Gen. Instead, we're going to go through some of our main characters in Next Gen and postulate what if these characters were in different colors. And I grant that, yes, this idea may have come from the times we've sung data in red and Jordy in red. You know, I do like to say music does inspire creativity, but, uh, but yeah, so we're going to take through some of our main crew and just figure out who would be best in, in gold and in red and in, you know, and maybe blue. I mean, cause I mean, who really wants to be in, 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 don't facepalm me, Daniel. Don't facepalm me. No okay. teal. No teal. <laughs> no, teal is not a recognized official color. Uh, even Jordy knows that, and he's blind. So, wow. I mean. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, teal on the EM spectrum, I'm sure, look different. But So we're going to start off with our favorite positronic android, Lieutenant Commander Data. Now, obviously, Data you know, is in operations gold, but what if data was in command red? Oh, wait, we don't have to imagine that we've actually seen it. Uh, when data was given command of, uh, the Sutherland, you know, he's also been made a first officer in best of both worlds. So he, he's, he's sat in the command chair a couple of times. Daniel, what are your thoughts on data in red? Obviously, as you alluded to earlier, we have had this uh, this conversation earlier, and I think we're all in agreement that we, we want more data in command. We want more data in charge. We want to see captain data. Like there would be, it would be so awesome to see more data. And of course, uh, you know we, we have mentioned before, we all love the scene between uh, data and Worf. Um, when data's in command and he kind of has to dress down Worf. But then at the end, he's like, but you're still my friend. You know, and uh, and um, <laughs> I'd like to see a sitcom. You know, Data and Worf are the odd couple. I really, I really think that be would be friends. It. Why can't we be friends? You know, it's funny. As I was going through my most recent rewatch of TNG, Data and Worf don't get a lot of scenes together, but every time they do, it always seems to be gold. Like, you know, literally, like it's always like the best scene of the episode <laughs> because they're both wearing gold. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Are you judging people by what they're wearing, Daniel? You know, it just, I always love the scenes that they get to, you know, talk about humanity together. And that's always fun. Um, I mean, I guess one of the scenes that that pops into my mind immediately is uh, when they think uh, Jordy and Roe are dead. And I guess that's not as happy and fun and go lucky. But it's always interesting because... You know, they're both the outsider kind of perspective, and it's it's interesting to hear their, their commentary. Anyways, this is a little off topic, but no, yes, I agree. More data in red. Let's 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 see a post nemesis captain data. That's what I say. I think that uh that sitcom would be called Kapla and Company. Uh but uh so okay, so Philip, your thoughts on the red android. You know, it would have been well, a lot of things would have been interesting in Nemesis, but it would have been interesting in Nemesis if they had changed data to red, um, because um, as as you explained to me, um, uh, data was going to be first officer of the Enterprise E as soon as Riker got promoted to captain. So it would have been interesting to just to put him in red already, 
you know, to be ready there. Um, at least we got get to see him in red, at least in our in the final moments. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Data's exploration of humanity, as we've talked before, you know, being a commander, um, whether a literal commander or a rank of commander, I mean, I think was his next step because you know everyone knows he's the head of his department. He's the smartest guy in the head of his department, but taking that next step up the Starfleet ladder and breaking that positronic ceiling um, of command would, would have definitely uh, added a lot to that character and provided more opportunities than, than what we saw in Gambit and, and, in, and in the other ones that we talked about. Although I think even if they had shown him in red in Nemesis, it, it it's kind of a little disappointing because by then the amount of, percentage of red fabric on those uniforms is like two percent i mean it's like oh oh sorry i changed the uh my turtleneck to red hope you noticed from standing 10 feet away sorry i actually yeah i mean it's not as bad it's not as bad as the as much as i love them it's not as bad as the tos red maroon jacket uniforms i still can't tell what rank people are because they're all just wearing the same jacket i don't i don't know what's going on with that you know i just figured out what the next step will be so now it's so it went from you know tos full full shirt to you know on the chest to the shoulders to the neck next what they're going to do is they're just going to dye the pips so you'll have either red pips gold pips or blue pips so if you're like uh, like a junior grade ensign or whatever, where it's just the black dot with the little r- ring. That little ring is all that tells people what department <laughs> you're in. That's where it's going. I've seen the future. This is terrible news for O'Brien because he can't steal everybody's pips anymore. He can only steal <laughs> specific people's pips. Oh, don't worry. He's got a can of spray paint back in his quarters <laughs> and, you know, a quick couple of passes and it, he'll be taken care of. Well, I, I feel like there's a couple of generations removed, but maybe he'll collect them like marbles, you know, like they used to do in the <laughs> 50s or whatever. And, and he'll be like, I got a command red special. Oh, yeah, I got the tactical gold. <laughs> tactical gold. Uh, all right. Well, uh, this one is, is more interesting, though. Data in blue for sciences. Now, can we all... I, maybe well, maybe I should hold this to the end, but I mean, shouldn't he have already been in blue? I yes. Mean, I kind of feel like he he should have been. Daniel, Daniel, oh, tell me your Daniel wants yes. to recruit Data to his cause. Yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> it would have made total sense. Why is he not in blue? Like I understand, like there's no like operational equivalency in the original series, but he is clearly the analog to Spock. That's who he's supposed to be. He's TNGs. Yeah, there's no blue on the bridge. I mean, None. what's with that? None. Until Troy finally decides to wear a regular uniform. But oh, she know. doesn't decide. Well, That's an order. <laughs> That's Casual Friday is canceled under Jellico. <laughs> you mean ca- four shifts is no shift. Casual counselor? For, uh, for casual Friday. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I just it, – it, it would make total sense. I mean, why not put him there? He's the one that's always scanning for life forms and, you know, and doing all these other things. Like, it, it, if there's going to be a blue shirt on the bridge, it's going to be data. I mean, aside from the fact that we get random people back in, like, environmental sciences way in the back who – usually aren't wearing blue either because no blue is allowed on the bridge for some reason. But, you know, 
is it like is it like the old like no Irish signs like no blue allowed on the bridge <laughs> keep on moving <laughs> wah, wah, wah. although would you really want someone representing the blue department who who basically to his captain said I don't know what that is I mean that's not that's not really professional Dan. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying it would have it would have at least given us some more color on that bridge. You know, the, you will. it's it's very earth tony, and it would have been nice to see some, maybe something a little lifier, livier, livelier. Gosh, okay, he's an android. He's not alive. Way to rub it in his face, Daniel. I mean, wait, wait, wait. I was trying to be sensitive. Okay, did you not watch Dr. The Measure Pulaski. of a Man? He meets okay. all the categories of life, <laughs> no matter how small. <laughs> What is he, Darren? What is he? I I, I don't know. Did, He's not blue. Is he just a slave to you, Darren? Is that all he is? Oh, uh, but Phil, uh, Philip, uh, do you kind of, you know, kind of ditto all of Daniel's points? Never. Or anything um, to add? I think, um, but but in this specific case, maybe. Um, I, I well, I, I think with data, I always thought it was like. I mean, I get what operations is, and it totally makes sense. But it's engineering. I mean, like, there's no reason to be like, well, gold is engineering or operations. No, no, no. It's just engineering. Operations is a part of engineering. He's doing everything an engineer would do. Um, so I always thought, like, just make him an engineer for goodness sake. But but no, I can definitely see that it would, like, we didn't have a, a chief science officer, you know. Um, we just had sort of, you know, smaller assistant deputy to the chief assistant science officer <laughs> that we saw in the next generation. <laughs> But um, but yeah, like there. You, why doesn't the 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 galaxy class ship, which ostensibly is there for science, why isn't there a main science officer that we never saw throughout the seven to eight years? You know, whatever you want to, however you want to calculate it. Well, and and then once Picard falls in love with the science officer, that's what just all goes bad. So maybe he just has really bad experience with women in blue. Maybe that's why he just instituted a ban of blue on the bridge. First, so Beverly. We're just, we're, we're blaming this on Picard then that we're just saying yeah, basically, explicitly basically. he's a blue racist. <laughs> well, okay. Now keeping data in blue though, but moving him down to, you know, the, the medical bay, what if data was a medical blue shirt? I mean, is he basically the EMH Mark three? I, I could see him kind of, uh, he, he wouldn't have really good bedside manner, but I could see him, you know, performing a couple of, uh, dermal you know dermal regenerators he would have excellent bedside manner he'd be like here is a joke i know Uh, uh." (laughs) would you like a sumerian sunset it is pretty it will lift you from your terminal case of uh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) see that would be the episode where he's trying to pretend to have an illness so he can feel better about what his patients are experiencing so and when he's trying to make them happy, he'll just put on that creepy smile that he got when he danced with Dr. Crusher. <laughs> See, that is the I, thing. I feel that like is the doctor th- should have a beard, too. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Even though none of the other Maybe doctors Daniel. have had beards. <laughs> well, um, McCoy in motion picture for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, but that's the thing, like, um, and it's, it's, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the, the doctor from Voyager, because I feel like he exists, he has a lot of, like, uh, overlapping with data, and I think both of them have... He has the data of that right. show. I mean, yeah, but they are very different characters, but what I mean to say is they both have the capability to fill any role on the ship, really. The, you know, there's no, and, and they, they explored that a little bit with the ECH, 
right. which was great in Voyager. That was fantastic. I love how the pips came out. Yeah, like, the little, do, 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 do. <laughs> little tips. Like, yeah. That's how I want to put my pips on in the morning. Just like, ba 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 ba. Yeah, three pips. And, and you uh, can hear more about the ECH on To the Journey. To, to the, the Journey. journey. <laughs> All right, we've met our and We already got our reference in. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not going to be the only one. Yeah. Uh, but no, you, you know, and it's like, I just, I think both of those characters, like, totally could in, a, in an emergency situation, you know, or, or really in any capacity if they wanted to, for whatever reason. Um, could fill any of the roles on the ship. Now, maybe, you know, I don't know, you can argue whether or not that's a good idea because then why, you know, we have the whole conversation of why aren't the ships just piloted by the EMH and stuff? And, or, you know, why isn't everybody just replaced? But at least it would make sense. If you're saying data in blue, are you saying counselor data makes sense? Um, well, okay, that's a, that's a good point. Um he did seem to relate well to certain life forms, but that that list I could probably count on one hand. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know who he did relate to really well was the uh, the little sand grains in that one episode that called humanity <laughs> ugly bags of mostly water. And he and the exocomps. He, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the exocomps. Yeah, he knew immediately who they were talking about. So you know, who knows? You know, it's all about perspective, Philip. That's all I'm saying. Well, it well, he'll be you know I'm sure he's taking a correspondence course or something because you know Data is a lifelong learner. Uh, now, okay, now we know Data is in gold, you know, in operations, you know, sitting up at the uh, at the con. But what if Data was in gold, but in security? Uh, is he basically a one man team? Because I, I don't. I mean, when he was possessed by that, you know, sparkly alien being, he kind of took out Worf with like one Data chest you know thrust so i i don't know i i wouldn't i'd hate to see him running down the corridor after me what do you think daniel well he you know he 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 did single-handedly take over the enterprise for hours and hours at a time and brothers as well so really he he's probably the most um effective security person that we that we would see i would think Sorry, Worf, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more fitting of Worf's personality to be in security. But again, Data can only be in one place at one time. So if he's going to be uh, the operations guy, like let's let him be that. But it would have been interesting because he's not aggressive like Worf is. He wouldn't be like, let's blow it up, like all the well, time. You know what I mean? I, I think when he was in command of the Sutherland, just do it. <laughs> but, you know, I think Data can be aggressive when he wants to. <laughs> Accessing aggression subroutine <laughs> five. You would not like Just to see me make his when eyes I'm glow angry. red. <laughs> My cousin Hal wrote me about this, you know, and I'm just gonna be really upset with you. I don't know. I don't know if he would have he would have a Skeletor program on the holodeck, though. I don't know if that's necessary for Data. No, I think he'd more have like a peace officer you know like the opposite of intense security like how do i deal with the really simple situations like the kids got on the wrong deck you know throw them in the turbo lift and send them down to deck five you know it's like how, how to dial it down from 11 i think that would be his issue well i think the thing about data is you know when it comes to the bad you know someone stealing a shuttle or a transporter because he has an android positronic mind he would be able to be like Oh, somebody is doing an unauthorized transporter. I will now turn it off instead of being 
Oh, someone's using a transporter. What should I do? Oh, no. See, Data in like 0.07 seconds would be able to shut that down. Oh, yeah. He'd know, you know, ask for permission to shut it down after you already do it because really you know the answer to that question. I mean, it's not even a question. And then his security password on all those systems, you would just definitely (laughs) need to know his mother's middle name. I mean, they would just be really hard to guess. That's true. I mean, yeah, that, and that would even be more secure than, you know, a 30 character long password because nobody knows who his mother is until like that one episode. So his his How- password is spot one, two, three. <laughs> it's whatever feline supplement he currently is. Likes. <laughs> it's called it's called this is down spot <laughs> with uh, with the spot is actually the dollar sign. That's why oh. it's secure. And I think I actually saw that on his uh, shuttlecraft on his license plate. It was dollar sign spot because someone else had already dollar taken sign re- regular spot. spot so, <laughs> all right. Well, all right. We've we've covered Lieutenant Commander Data in across the rainbow, but now we're moving on to Lieutenant Commander Worf or Le- Lieutenant Worf. Uh, so Worf again <laughs> did move into Command Red uh, in Deep Space Nine, but not just that. He actually started there in season one. So Philip, what do you think if Worf had stayed in red? Uh, maybe if a certain someone hadn't just died, you know, gone up Who? and died. Luxwana. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, what do you, uh. what do you think about that? Philip? <laughs> well, I mean, cause I think um, in season one, I don't think it was ever explicitly stated what Worf's position was. I mean, We've all, well, I'll say I have. I've gleaned that he's sort of like a mission ops or, or way team specialist. Or, I mean, it doesn't, wasn't necessarily said that he's assistant security chief or anything, but token he's Klingon. Sort of back there, back there playing, you he's know. The token Klingon. <laughs> exactly. In the back, too, in the back of the bridge, which is just, that's just racist. But anyway, um, but I mean, I, th- I thought he was sort of there. He was kind of the everyman, he was on default. You know, if you're playing the Star Trek Next Generation game and you have to send your away team, Worf is default set for the away team. Um, and so, I mean, he was definitely there to, 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 to do what needed to be done. You know, he commanded the saucer right away, right? We already saw his command skills first. Yeah, but anyone could command the saucer. I mean, I'm just saying. Well, he he, he did it under protest because he also knew. But um, <laughs> The but... saucer. <laughs> but, I mean, Worf was... A... I mean, he was very dedica- dedicated and also low-key. Because, I mean, he was sort of like, I'm, I'm in my lane. I have my blinders on. I'm going to do my, my job, and I'm going to do it well. And command obviously requires you to be a little bit more expansive in how you view things. And throughout the series, we saw that. But, of course, as we talk about with Gambit, you know, when he had his little faux pas with, with acting <laughs> Captain Data, you know, Worf is like, well, as tactical officer, I always said what I thought. And Data's like, yes, but now you're first officer. And Worf's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I get it. I see where you're going, man. Up top. Now you I get rejected you... in the ready room, not out on the bridge in front of everybody else. I thought I just got bigger quarters and to flirt with Deanna. <laughs> I didn't realize they were actual. He'd already <laughs> taken over Will's quarters. <laughs> <laughs> and Deanna, too. Um, but anyway, um, enough about season seven. Um, but no, I, I, and I think when you see in Deep Space Nine, Commander Worf, you know, first officer of the Defiant, um, for, for several years, um, and he, you know, he, he makes mistakes 
because that's what you do in Deep Space Nine. Um, you know, as first officer for the Defiant. But you learn from them. Whether whether it's, you know, shooting civilians, well, they, they turn out not to be civilians, um, or, you know, saving your future dead wife in favor of the contact, or, or you know, all these different things where, where he makes mistakes, and that's fine. But, you know, we never did see what happened to Worf. You know, did he... Well, we do know because he, he, you know, ambassador and then nemesis or insurrection. He's like, you know, F that. Um, and so he's back in red. But we don't know what, what he was actually doing after that. So so I don't know. Was there Commander Worf, Captain Worf? Who knows? But I mean, I, th- I thought he did well. I thought he, he did rise above just being the tactical security guy. Well, and, you know, like that episode you mentioned, Rules of Engagement, where, you know, he's kind of on trial for shooting at a civilian ship i think that was just such a great episode for delving into really the the intricacies of command in starfleet because it's really not i mean except for we know that Riker won't sit down i mean we don't really aren't given a lot to go off of of how command kind of works in starfleet so that was a i really enjoyed that episode with uh with wharf what did you think uh, to the orb to the that was the one with the uh the klingon lawyer that everybody brings up right yeah, yeah. that was a good episode yeah. the episode that was a really good the episode, episode i have a problem with and i you know again we're this is the tng show but just since we're talking about it because he was seen in red he is a tng character so <laughs> <laughs> he is that's true um but the the episode that, that comes to my mind that i always have a problem with is the one where um you know, Jezia gets hurt. They're in a jungle. And it's been, it's been a little while since I've seen it. But anyways, the, the gist of it is he, he ends up going back for, for Dax uh, instead of completing the mission. And and then Cisco comes up to him and says, because of this, you'll never be captain or, or something like that. And I'm like, what? Like, like I mean, like, you know, he should be punished for what he... But that's a weird thing to say to someone. Like, you like are instantly banned from captainhood at this point. Like... Uh, it's like, look, Cisco. Just because you weren't made captain when you got this space station doesn't mean you get to take it out on everyone. Like, is that a punishment okay? you can hand out? Like, it doesn't matter. You could serve for the next thirty years, and you'll never be captain. I always have a problem yeah. with that, and it's like to me, I was like, what the heck is going on? But I do like Worf in red, kind of. I don't know if I would. There, there's been there's been a lot of talk. You know, it's been a while since this happened, but there was like a Kickstarter or something. I, I don't know. I remember Michael oh, yeah, Dorn yeah. talking about yeah. like a Captain Warf show, yeah. and I, that does not excite me. Like I'm not okay with. I, I would be okay if that never existed or or never <laughs> was a thing. Um, maybe maybe um, you know second in command Warf. I might be okay with that. Um, Commander Worf, wow. the show. <laughs> I like Worf. I, it's, it's just him doing crew evaluations and <laughs> assigning duty shifts and, and being human resources director. What am I still doing here? So basically you make Worf Chakotay. <laughs> I'm not even supposed well, to be on this duty shift today. <laughs> well and he but he gets some pretty preferential treatment i mean now that i think about it the fact that he always has his you know bandolier on you know like i'm like i'm sorry but aren't bajorans like forbidden from wearing their earrings so how come you get to wear this but they don't get to well wear according that? to Riker, that one day that was it that was the only time it's like why didn't Riker flip out on ensign mendok 
And we're like, what is that breathing apparatus you have? <laughs> but, sir, <laughs> sir, I need, I need to, to breathe. breathe. I don't care. <laughs> Look at the regulations. At double gravity. <laughs> this, this is the shortest service ever. <laughs> <laughs> Those dolphins uh, don't wear anything. We keep them. <laughs> anyway. But, no, okay. So moving on, we get to our beloved captain, Captain Picard, in blue. And we actually did get to see this again in uh, the flashback in Tapestry, or flash forward, or flash alternate, whatever you want to call it. But uh, but this actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, yes, he's a good captain, but he's a good captain because he embraces his style of science and archaeology and culture and i mean he's definitely a first contact specialist uh you know he i mean he took an arrow to, <laughs> to the, the knee. chest i mean, <laughs> I mean uh, he showed up in an episode and a movie named first contact i don't know how he could be more specialist than that <laughs> it's true right there right there so well, philip what do you think about captain picard in blue sciences i'm trying to remember and i read this once when that and i can't remember is that there's some episode where you can see Picard's Starfleet Academy diploma. Um, I don't know if that's in the battle or what, but according, I read somewhere that you can actually see like it was in space sciences or something. Because, you know, the question that always fascinates me is what were these people before they were in command? You know, Captain Picard, I mean, maybe he did. Didn't always wear red, or maybe he did always wear red. Maybe he he was always command the entire time. I don't know. We we aren't always told that much about what he did in the Stargazer. Um, I think he was a con officer at one point. Maybe maybe I'm just making that up. Um, <laughs> but but it, but yeah. I mean, he, he, it's obvious that he does have this interest in archaeology, and and he is more of a scientist and explorer. I mean, you know, he is a tactician, but I wouldn't say that you know he come from came from tactical or security or from operations. Um, he's, he, he's, he's sort of kind of rusty a little bit on, on the hard sciences, like biology and stuff. He'll always be like, <laughs> well, if I remember my academy biology, you know, and so, but it would have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, Picard. Why tap, you know, th- well, that's because he doesn't have a head of science on the bridge. He wouldn't have to tap into his academy learning if he had a science officer standing right there that he could ask the question of. Yeah, and and considering the, how many lifetimes he did go through, um, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's a wonder he remembers anything at all, really. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we we did see obviously in tapestry, um, in blue, and it was, that was sort of sad trombone. Uh, which what, what what was he in tapestry? Like I know he was fetching pads for the chief engineer, but what was his actual? It was like Ash- maybe a lieutenant. He wasn't very high up. But I mean, what was his assignment? Right. I, oh, I don't think they ever stated. I, he was just... Oh, hold on, I'm looking it up uh, right now. Okay, I can just randomly guess. Okay, well, while Dandy looks that up, I have a, a military question, Philip. So how is it in the actual military? Like, I mean, it, it seems like in Star Trek it's constructed where, you know, you can be in the sciences category, but then you, you have to move into command if you're going to be the captain. Like, is it kind of like that? Or like, it seems like there are these weird boxes they put people in, which I don't, it does, probably is not the real way it is, but I'm curious now. Well, I, I think it, it, it is because I think in, in, at least I can speak in the army, you know, we have what we call yeah. branches. So like everyone's in the army, but everyone has their own branch. Just like Starfleet has 
you know, their sections and their colors. So, like, when I was first in the Army, I was an ordnance officer. So I had a little back then when we, because we changed uniforms as much as Starfleet changes theirs. But at one <laughs> point, I had, like, the little symbol for the Ordnance Corps, uh, which is like a little bomb or something on my collar. So people know, hey, I'm an ordnance officer. Is it like, a, you know, bomb from Mario? <laughs> um, it's actually a flaming bomb, which has a colorful name, which I'll not say here on the podcast. Um, but anyway, um, but, you know, and so, you know, and then when I'm JAG, that JAG has its own symbol and blah, blah, blah. And so, but, but yeah, there is a certain thing about, especially for officers, and and, and I think, a great one to choose would be aviation. Like, okay, you're a lieutenant, maybe you're a captain. This is army ranks, um, so those are lower ranks. Right. Um, you know, you're going to be flying, but like after a certain rank, you're not touching up, you know, of controls ever again because now you're in command, and so you're you're riding the desk. And so I think it's more it's more rank. I think once you give about a certain rank, you sort of you know step back, kind of like what we talked about the other week about you know being close to the troops, being away from the troops um and and i think you know once you get up in command you're just you know more rank you're you're in command because you're you're the rank ranking officer um whether it's a captain or a major or whatever after that but yeah you'll you definitely stay away from the the fun stuff after a while hey daniel what uh what did your search reveal he was an assistant astrophysics officer oh wow that's uh that's exciting. Well, I mean, he, we know he likes the stellar cartography room. That's probably where he hung out all the time. You know, <laughs> was he assistant to the astrophysics officer? <laughs> <laughs> to be as diplomatic as possible, I always thought, too, that being a science, you know, like Philip was talking about, being a science officer it was much more fitting of Picard than it was of Janeway. Like, I always felt like. That's that's kind of tacked on. Yeah, and it was something. That, well, it was something that was never really, really explored. Like it was occasionally brought up, I think, in Voyager. But, but like it's much more Picard's personality to be interested in those kinds of things, and he's much more contemplative mm. and much more, I think, interested in exactly what's going on behind the scenes. You know, I, I it was just I always felt it fit him better than maybe it fit Janeway. Well, but I mean, again, there's no blue on that bridge either. I mean, it's they're, they're, they didn't have a science officer, uh, I think, and I think that's something that the 24th century was sorely lacking. I think Seska, not to be Voyager, but the Seska was blue for like the first like four or three episodes, and then she changed to cold. So even as bad as Seska was, nobody wants to be blue. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I guess the closest thing might have been Harry Kim, but it honestly sounds like he he had Data's position. That was the thing. But he just read what the computer told him. Like I don't think he actually deduced. Well, Ensign Wildman was uh, was blue. True, but 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 we saw her daughter more than we saw her after. And but just like. Just like Troy, when we finally got to see Seven in a, in a Starfleet uniform, she was blue it made too. Way more sense. And, yeah. and it's okay. That's right. She is a science officer. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, okay. Daniel, I think you're forgetting your favorite science officer. I, I think we need to mention her. I, I, I'm not forgetting my favorite. If you're talking about Jedzia Dax, as I heard yes. talking about, who I'm assuming you're talking about, which is, and I will give all credit to, to Deep Space Nine for putting a blue shirt officer back. Onto the bridge, well, blue shoulders. I well, mean, yeah, you're they, right. You're right. <laughs> they wouldn't give her. Not only, not only that, but they elevated her. She was third in command, of, uh, basically. I think of that station. I don't even know if it was ever explicitly stated, but I always assumed she was. I always felt like she was. Like, 
Kira never so you, let her have that. that you, you were just waiting for Kira to leave, so like, <laughs> let, on, let on, Dax have on. a chance. <laughs> Isn't there Aww. some Bajoran, uh, you know, festival going on right now? Don't you need to go visit Bajor and uh, take the emissary with you? I'm in charge. <laughs> she got to. She got to command. I mean, granted, it's a glorified shuttlecraft, but she got to command the Defiant a couple of times, right? So, wait, did you just call the Defiant? <laughs> I thought you were going to say a runabout. I totally thought where you were going. Oh well, the opinions okay. of Daniel Prude is not a far down that wormhole. Uh, okay, Riker in gold. Now we we actually get to see this because again, apparently in a past life, Riker was you know a, a tactical officer. Uh, you know, which we see in Thomas Riker uh, after he gets beamed back up. And uh, I think let's just say uh, they should have killed Will and Thomas uh, should have stayed on and Data became the first officer. I think that's just what it should have been. Now you're joking, but I think they actually did think about that for five seconds. I know. No, I know. I know that's actually (laughs) was a possibility because then you still keep the actor. uh, But um, well, okay. reveal your boo (laughs) that's terrible do you boo me that's terrible i'm sorry Riker, and this is going to seem contradictory to the circumstances but it's not if you'll if you'll follow my reasoning Riker is an alpha male he knows that he is in the perfect position (laughs) in all times he doesn't have any of the responsibilities of captain but he gets all the privileges so this is why this is what gives him access to all the women he wants, and uh, you know he doesn't have to worry about even the past relationship what, that he can just ruin. <laughs> you know, it, and it's just uh, I I don't know. I, to me, I can't see like I, I understand that like a lot of people think this would be an interesting shakeup, and I and I actually agree with that. It would be very interesting to see how the rest of the series would have played out. Um, my problem is really my big problem, and why I'm booing is because. We are told very specifically that there that Riker is second to none in in piloting skill in in Starfleet. So the the fact that he was a tactical officer to me makes no sense. I would have think he would have always been a red shirt because they they seem to be the ones that are pilots as well. Um, they always stick a red shirt, you know, at the con. And why why is why was he ever tactical? He was the best pilot in the fleet. Well, what happens was he was second place, but then after Tom Paris got booted out of the service, <laughs> oh, Riker gosh. became number one. So that's how that went. So by a by a mission, he became number one. Uh, now, what did you think, uh, Philip, about uh, not just that, but just the fact of what if Riker had been uh, had never moved to command and had stayed in gold as we know him? Yeah, I mean, think of think of um, Riker as the security chief. I mean, I think that would have been easy to see because I think Riker does have that aggressive um, part to him. He's always yelling, let's shoot him! (laughs) Why? No! I mean, he's always yelling just like Worf. I mean, there's really no difference between the two of them in the series. (laughs) Um, And so I I think it would have... Views and opinions of Philip Gilfus do not (laughs) (laughs) They both had beards. I don't see color. I thought they were the same character. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I can see it. Because I I think he would definitely be an aggressive tactician, an aggressive security chief. I can see. I can definitely see him being a security chief. Now, I mean, as as we've talked about with the Riker character, other than him being weird with Troy, um, is that, you know, with his ambition he's got you know what's next what's my next position um unfortunately which kind of stopped um when he became first officer of the enterprise um but 
but so I don't see him standing still, you know, if as a security chief, because he'll be like, okay, you know, I want to be first officer next, or I want to be whatever. So actually, you know, it makes perfect sense because he would sit, he would, he would stand back at the horseshoe being the head of security. Cause we all know he just won't sit down. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I just, it's difficult for me to, to see a situation in which Riker would, I just see him. So it's like he would have been settling. Yeah. I don't know. He's so defined to me as, as the first getting, officer. Is he getting comfortable? Is that what it is? <laughs> he, yeah. I don't know what that. He means. worked hard to get here, you know. Doesn't he have the right to be happy, guys? <laughs> he made a lot of sacrifices. <laughs> okay, now uh, moving on to Jordy LaForge again. Another officer, Jordy in red. We got to see him in red through all of season one. I mean, he was the pilot. He. Uh, he was put in command a couple of times. He got to try out the big chair. He got to fly the saucer. And uh, I-, I say he made a heck of a first officer. He was first officer material. Uh, do do we want to confirm or deny that Will moved him to chief engineer because he was felt threatened for his job? <laughs> I don't know. Jordy can, can grow a good beard. Um, yeah, and know. he can grow a good beard. But only for a day at a time. Right now, it's so powerful he has to shave it off after a day. Otherwise, it just overpowers his whole department. And Darren, you have to say that he was the pilot for the pilot. You know, so we have to have that double. Um, uh, what did, yes, is that? I mean, was he ever in the ch- in the actual chair? Well, for in um, you know, Arsenal of Freedom. Oh, well, you said the pilot. I was thinking encounter at right. point. Yeah, he yeah he sat in the he was in the front. He was the pilot for the he, pilot. He was he was the pilot for the pilot. I don't remember him ever sitting down there, but that's okay. That's fine. No, no, he was no he, he was he driving was the ship because he wasn't in the first half of the episode. That's what I'm thinking of because he was <laughs> he true. was down at at, at yeah. far point. That's what I'm thinking. And no, and then, and then he spent most of the rest of the episode in the tunnels. You know, the one tunnel set that they had to walk back and forth. They just didn't want to commit to where they were going to put him, so they just didn't show him at a station, like, for the entire (laughs) kind of how I feel like it happened, but that's okay. Uh, But what do you think, Philip? I know you've shared some great thoughts on uh, on Jordy and Red in the past, Uh but... Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to say anything. I want to just read my article. No, I'm kidding. Um, Yeah, yeah, because, you know, there's the... as, as, As we're talking all other series, you know, there's the alternate future where he's captain... The Forge of the USS Challenger, um, right? Uh, Nebula class? I can't remember. Um, but uh, I, th- I think it was a Galaxy class. Was it? The oh, it was definitely the Galaxy sh- class. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was, was a Galaxy okay. class. Um, well, the, one of the advantages of being a captain. Never mind. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can see Jordy because I, I think I, I mean Chief Engineer is a command position. I mean. I think you look data at ops. I mean, I, they never really show data being in command of anyone. I mean, other than like the ship systems, which you know aren't people. Um, but uh, well, and even when they send him on away missions, it was usually by himself. Yeah. Like, go transport this deadly gas. Whereas, go transport this radioactive material. Always <laughs> by himself. <laughs> like he was the EMH. Um, but you saw Jordy actually in command of people, um, which I know. 
people have varying opinions on how well he did that. But, you know, hey. He's a people person. <laughs> dang it. You know, hey, he tolerated Barkley without choking him. So, I mean, I think the man deserves some kind of award, possibly the Medal of Honor. Um, I'm just throwing the you know, suggestions out there. But but he did manage a team, and 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 I mean, I, I thought he definitely had command potential. I mean, look how quickly he got promoted. He, he he got promoted more than anyone on that show. He went from two ranks up. So um, it makes you wonder. Like I said, if he had stayed in command, how far would have he have risen? <laughs> I think Riker was just really really worried and said, "Hey, you know what? I haven't seen that Argyle guy around in a while. Uh, I think he." transferred let's make Jordy the new chief engineer <laughs> well yeah i think Jordy actually was, never found. <laughs> was mayor Jordy and just took out his competition every time so he kept checking in at the warp core so much so he he he, he got to be the, the mayor what do you think daniel of uh Jordy and red i uh i'm okay with him not ever like i liked that future episode of voyager where he ends up being captain but i don't think i I envision Jordy as captain. I don't, I don't, that's not where I see him. Like whether or not you want to consider this canon or whatever, it doesn't matter, but like technically it is, but, but you know, in, in the JJ verse before the JJ verse splits from the prime timeline, Jordy becomes, he leaves Starfleet and becomes a designer of starships. And that like makes more sense to me. The fact that he would continue with his engineering path and maybe not be the head of that team, yeah. but not necessarily a starship. Yeah, player. like he would go off and do that kind of stuff. Like he's kind of nerdy and kind of that's that's the thing he would do. To me, that like I that that makes more sense to me than Captain Jordy. I, what are you talking about, Daniel? This is the summer. I'm about to go to the beach and pull out my my brand new paperback novel by Jordy LaForge and read his, <laughs> his. You know, I thought the protagonist was a little bit weak, but for the rest of the story, you know, and you're saying he's kind kind of a geek i'm just picturing that beach lit you know moonlit uh, holodeck program he's trying so hard it just oh it just didn't work out. would you like another drink i can turn the wind up a little bit if you, like. <laughs> you know after yeah, a while it's just yeah. some guy with a violin let's just let's just go <laughs> okay now off to uh, to our next one. We have Troy in blue. And I know you're saying, but Darren, Troy was always in blue. But she wasn't. She wasn't in blue until Jellica sat her down and said, uh, look, we live in the 24th century. There are these things called replicators, and they can make you uniform like that. So next time I see you, I need you to be in uniform. Thanks. Because honestly, your combat is too low. But uh, uh, no. So, okay. This is more on what we actually see in the in the show, but I mean, yeah, I, I think we all kind of agree. Once she's actually put in blue, like she wears it really well, and you actually kind of take her a little more seriously. Like she looks like a member of the crew. I mean, what would that cake have been like if she'd been wearing one of her old uniforms? You know, that would have been a harder <laughs> cake to frost. Um, and oh, would. Freud would definitely have had a field day with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you yeah, know, Councillor Cake, it seems to be. The cleavage represents. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a low combat is just a long, low combat. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, you know, I think if if we want to be 
this crest, you know, that, that look, you know, a Troy, you know, she was supposed to be like the sexy woman on there with the clothes and the catsuit and the low cut and the tightness. But like, hey, we put her in our uniform because we're respectful of everyone's roles on here. And she looked normal and she was a great character regardless. And I don't think the ratings went down any just because we actually put her in a good uniform, you know, just like everyone else. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it, it was it was 100 percent improvement. She got her she got promoted. You know, so it's almost as if she developed character. <laughs> but well, and I've I've heard even Marita, you know, Sirtis say that she's like, yeah, the episodes where they put me in an actual uniform, like they wrote my character better. Like she was smarter. Like, and then as soon as they put me back, it's like I lost all that ability. Was this like a, a reverse? She's all that. Like instead of taking off the glasses and like <laughs> down her hair, she basically put on the glasses and put up her hair and stuff it's it's sexy librarian syndrome yeah absolutely but no but seriously you know philip and i'll give credit to where credit is due you mentioned you know jedzia and the reason one of the reasons that jedzia to me is so appealing and so desirable is the fact that she like deep space nine did not objectify her in any in any way possible like you can say what you want about Troy, but that's what they were going for in TNG. And you could say what you want about seven. And I actually think seven was one of the best things of, uh, about Voyager. She's one of the best characters in Voyager, but to be fair, like that's what they did. They, they put her in this ridiculous costume and made her like, that's what they did. But deep space nine never did that. They never did that with any of their well, characters. I, I can think of one episode. Dan. Well, Oh, no, no, of course. I, I, you're right. I mean, a couple of, uh, yes, there's a couple instances of, instances, of in it, ge- but in cons- general, no, but consistently okay. they portrayed the character. It was all about, it was about her intelligence and about her and her backstory and what made her interesting as a character. And her bad timing with meeting Dukat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. That, too, yeah, too soon. Too soon. Yeah. Too <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting when you look at that first episode uh, encounter, and she's literally wearing blue, but she's wearing like the go-go boots of the '60s and the short and the scant, basically. Um, and and they're like, oh no, catsuit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, really? That's that's that was. I mean, I don't know what I don't know. It's less demeaning the scant or the catsuit. That's that's a. It's definitely know. the catsuit because you know why, Philip? Because in the future. Even men wear the scants. Right, Darren? Am I right, Darren? Why, why are you asking me? I have no idea. Well, and even when, you know, Dax was in the TOS uniform in Trouble and Tribulations, like, she still wore that well. I, I think those uniforms, you know, actually were a nice in-between, like... You know they're 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 really nice looking actually. But they but they played that up so smartly. She was like, "This is a classic. This is a retro look. Like this yeah. is like that's what it was." I remember this time. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> was it who was it that was like Bashir or someone was like, "I think I'm going to like the 23rd century." <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah. course. of course, I think I'm going to like history. But you know, it, and women wore less. And it's just like, and when we and when we finally do, and 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 in in the episode where Troy finally gets her commander commission, which is, Oh, help me out guys. Um, I'm blanking on it now. Season it's the one where data goes down and the radiation loses memory, blah, blah. And she has to kill, she has to kill Jordy in the simulation or whatever, send send him to his death. Anyways, um, in that episode, like, and we do see glimpses of it before that. It's not like this is the first time it's happened, but, but, but as soon as, as soon as she gets this, um, and in disaster, which kind of preempts that disaster is the one where she's like, Oh my goodness, 
I'm I'm like two or three people away from being in command of a thousand people. When, yeah. you know, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> when they finally say, hey, you know what? This is actually a real position, an important thing. Like, maybe you should get your stuff together. You do realize you sat next to the captain for all these years. Like, what did you expect to happen? You're supposed to be reading his notes. You weren't paying attention? Yeah. And it's like, it's, there it's, will be a test. It's funny how it works that as soon as the writers take the character seriously, that the audience will take the character seriously, and 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 oh yeah, it's so oh, yeah. it's it's it, it it's fresh, it's maddeningly frustrating to me, as a, as a lover and a viewer of TNG, to 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 see it take six seasons to happen. I'm glad it did happen, and I know it's it's a product of its time, but you know I, I wish it had happened sooner. Why didn't well, they just keep? Can her you in imagine? There? If in first contact, when they change the uniforms, if like for some reason, again, she's still in like this (laughs) other uniform, like they all looked so awesome in that uniform. That just would have been a crime. If Cochran would have given her like twice the dose of tequila, (laughs) (laughs) something called tequila, double shots. Okay. Well, the last person on our list to to round out the seven is, is Dr. Crusher. Now I honestly can't even picture her in something besides blue so let's talk about her as like we've kind of alluded to that mystery year where (laughs) she was head of starfleet medical uh so apparently she must have gotten some sort of promotion now let's let's flush this out okay so she she, i mean what do you have to what is your rank if you're head of starfleet medical is that an honorary title or are you at least like because she was like a commander right? right i mean when she when you actually saw the pips underneath her blue jacket, like she, she was a commander just like Will. So, I, what do you, what are your thoughts, uh, thoughts, Daniel? Uh, I mean, I would assume she has to be an admiral, right? I mean, technically, she's like, and for, maybe she's the elusive one pip admiral that we <laughs> just have never seen. Like, forgive me if I'm getting my uh, my American politics wrong at this point, but she would be kind of the Surgeon General, right? Like yeah. of. Of Starfleet, yeah, and like yeah. that's a huge title. That's like you don't. It's not, Maybe instead of a, a Admiral Pip, it's like the little uh, cross and snake. Oh, there you, you go. know, because again, they got to be different because they're you know the medical group. Now, so. wait, that's actually a great analogy because the Surgeon General, at least in the in the United States, is appointed by the President. I don't, I don't, can't remember if there's Senate confirmation. I don't think there is. Um, maybe there is. Um, but in any case, it's it's political appointments. And, and you don't actually, you're not really, you know, a general. Um, and so maybe that's what happened. Maybe <laughs> you are maybe. the general of surgery, Philip. You, are you listening well, you to this, the title at all? You get this really cool uniform, though. But um, maybe that's what happened. Maybe the Federation president nominated Beverly Crusher. The Federation Council, you know, confirmed her, and she became Surgeon General, um, even though she's a member of Starfleet. I could buy that. So does this mean that every bottle of Synthahol has a little sticker on it that says <laughs> the head of Starfleet Medical <laughs> says that this bottle may not or will not cause intoxication in you? It's the game. The game. The Katarian game actually has that on there. It says the Surgeon Admiral suggests that you the may. Surgeon Admiral. Oh, oh. There you go. what is that terrible first? First, I think it's first season, but it might be second season episode, the drug episode, where, oh, yes. where Wesley's like, why can't we have addictive drugs? And <laughs> what the heck is that? Oh, my goodness. I can't yeah, remember. I know what you mean. It's, um, yeah, well, Beverly's in that one, and Yar gets the no drugs. No. It's the after school special episode. Yeah, I know, where it's like, they're Which not has actually addicted. Several guest drug. stars from Star Trek uh, 2 in it. 
But to be oh, that's right. No, that's the one with um a Marcus, right? David Marcus, David, and, yeah. and it has um yeah. Khan's number two guy. He, he got reincarnated as a right. scientist. What about um? I mean, Darren, you didn't mention it, but what about we did actually see Beverly Crusher as oh. a captain? Wait, wait, you mean Crusher Captain Picard? Captain Picard, that's right. Yeah. Oh, she kept yeah. the name. She, she, so maybe that's why she can't be a captain unless she's a Picard. <laughs> maybe it's Crusher hyphen Picard in yeah. red. That's how you have to type it out. Beverly C. Picard. That's how it is. Now, would that have been her, you know, her uh, Surgeon Admiral? I love that saying now. I want to use that all the time. Uh, is that her Surgeon Admiral ship? <laughs> the, the Pasteur? <laughs> and is she, a, is she a Surgeon Badmiral? Ooh, we don't know. Ooh. But I don't know. Again, they were changed their uniforms so much. I mean, that's how that should have been our first thought of why uh, this couldn't have been a, a an alternate future because there's way too much red on that uniform. I mean, we like we said, by then it's pips, and then eventually they're just going to imprint it on your eye, and the color of your eye oh, is going to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 all downhill. But maybe they'll go retro again, and it'll be like a full body suit of one color, like including your face, like everything. What it's going to are red, Darren. I know you're very familiar with this concept. It's going to be like the Power Rangers, where even off duty, <laughs> you have to wear the same oh, color gosh. clothes as whatever division you belong to. It's like, look, that must be the Red Ranger. That must be the Green Ranger. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's two people wearing red. What's going on? Which one's the Red Ranger? So when Tommy was the White Ranger, did he always wear white? Because that he, he did a lot of stains. He, he did. He did. He, he did. A lot of bleach. He did. He definitely did. Yeah. He did. He wore white bandanas and it was a lot of wife beaters. But of course, he wore green before that. You know. You mean art sleeveless tank tops? Yes, of course, of course, of course. All right. Well, it's been fun talking about alternate officers today, but it's just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Arena commentary. They're like, everything is fine. It's, there's nothing. Just come down. We have fried chicken. <laughs> it's good. Earl Grey. Picard's romances. You say it's not great, Philip, but what I think you mean is it's probably one of the most forgettable episodes <laughs> of the entire series. <laughs> the Ready Room. The Romulan War. That was, what, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth episode of the original series, Lawrence Schneider. He invents the Romulans. That was the whole the whole genesis of it. And if they'd known that the Romulans might have been a recurring alien, they might not have given them those, you know, quote-unquote, expensive helmets. The Orb. Boogie. We find out, and Quark finds out, as we're talking about how he reacts and sort of comes to terms with what his mother's doing. She's the woman behind the curtain. She's the person who is calling the shots at the highest level of Ferengi society. To the journey! Ultimate Season 5 Marathon. You could argue brother and sister, but maybe more like your favorite uncle, who you once had a sex dream about. I don't know. <laughs> so that explains persistence of vision. <laughs> yeah. Warp 5. Archer's Lost Loves. Not Dodge so much, it's just... He's unsure of himself in that in that regard. He can be a starship captain, but 
A guy in love? Mm, I don't know about that. Commentary Trek Stars. The TNG Companion. He secretly doesn't know every time he replies to me on Twitter, I let a little fan squeal on the other end. I play it cool, though. I play it cool, guys. Um, no, I'm, I'm the same exact way, but I don't play it cool. By little fan squeal, you mean <laughs> that sound Chekhov made. In the <laughs> continuing mission. The continuing mission audio drama. Our writer, David Raines, is a huge Lovecraft fan. And all of these Lovecraftian creatures are from outer space and you know the star trek characters they're always running into you know these godlike beings but you know they've been now well they're not benevolent but you know they speak english and you know they look, look like william campbell and literary treks serpents among the ruins will always help paris <laughs> wow you just destroyed one of my favorite lines from my favorite movie ever. Huh. We'll always have Iron Mike Paris. <laughs> oh, God. All right. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream them from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for the podcast directory to get all the links. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there choose to send a show that option on the side choose earl gray and that'll come to all three of us by email you can also use the tab on the right hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone and you can talk to us and other listeners on our forums at trek.fm forums in social media you'll find us on facebook at facebook.com trek.fm and on twitter under username trek.fm also please let us know how we're doing by leaving an itunes review that will help other listeners find our show here in 2014. Before we go, I'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this week is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week from classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there are, there's one more way that you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens, anyway. If you can go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available in both badges and art prints, and there are different co- contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know what you would like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm donate. And your support helps us to pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. So, Daniel, if people want to discuss the glory of the blue shirt and all how everyone, all members of the cast should have been a blue shirt, uh, how, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, I'm uh, at thebluesshirt.com. That's not true. I don't even know what that is, so pr- you probably shouldn't check that out. Um, Just buy that domain, Daniel. Yeah. Buy that domain as fast as you can. <laughs> uh, I am on Twitter. You can find me at 
at one up Dan, and that is the number one, not the word. And seriously, let's talk about the serious underrepresentation of blue shirts in Star Trek. And Philip, if someone wants to again discuss why, well, why was Jordy LaForge removed from Command Red, the greatest travesty of the next gen, how would they reach you? Well, I mean, it is the greatest travesty, but you don't have to take my word for it. Instead, you can find me on Twitter at my handle, NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina. And if anyone wants to discuss why I put Data at the top of the list and literally talked about him for half the episode, they can find me on Twitter under Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-E-I-F-I. Or if you want to talk about general science fiction, you can listen to my other podcast, which is called The Dr. Sci-Fi Show, available in iTunes. Well, guys, uh, this has made me want to watch some of those key episodes again. Maybe maybe I'm going to put in that rules of engagement. I, I know it's DS9, but oh, as he's known as um, Klingon, uh, Klingon Lawyer, I just want to watch that Klingon Lawyer episode. I mean, I know he has a name, but let's just be honest. Like That's how we all know him. So I... <laughs> I think I'm going to go uh, pop in that that DVD and uh, and watch uh, Worf just take one take one for the team. You mean Law and Order, Batleth, Intent? <laughs> You've been working on that one a while, haven't you? <laughs> John John. <laughs> Kapla. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Endgame. Make it so. Fire.